you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, Depending on where you are, it might not quite feel like spring. We've got snow in the Midwest, um, but it's heating up. um, Bravo. I will say, okay, we're going to start with OC. This might have been one of my favorite episodes of the season. I really was looking forward to the trip of Fancy Pants and Gina going to New York, getting buzzed on champs. I loved that both the moms came to dinner. Like I just, I don't, I could have just done a whole episode on just the trip. I didn't really need the cooking party. To me, this is like going back to housewives basics, like things that work. You know, we don't always get a trip with just like two people. Now that I'm thinking about this and saying this out loud is always typically, I feel like a cast trip um, or maybe like a little business trip or whatever, but I found it refreshing And it was enjoyable. I enjoyed the friendship between those two. It's one of those things like that maybe would never make sense on paper, but watching it, it does make a lot of sense. And it's fun. I mean, who wouldn't want to ride on the coattails of fancy pants? I would. I mean, a private plane, uh, nice hotels, everything's planned for you. I know some of the women like think her planning can be annoying, I don't know. For us as moms, I kind of appreciate like if somebody planned a trip for me and they're like, look, all you have to do is show up and pack your stuff. I'd sign me up. So I'm like, I, I memed it. I'm like, I'm a Gina just out there searching for a Heather. Like I, what a great, <laughs> what a great friendship. And not saying that it has to be built on just the fact that you need a rich friend, but how fun to have one. And I, yeah, I mean, let's be real. It's, yeah. it's, it would be fun to have a, like a very wealthy friend. Like why oh, not? Yeah. And I mean, I do get that their bond is they're both from New York, obviously. And so that's, I just love that they have that like similar roots and the differences and their mothers was like the, the parents, even it was cracking me up, like the way Heather's mom was ordering and even interacting with Heather and Heather's kids versus like Gina's parents that were just kept hogging her and being like, we're so proud of you. Like it just, uh, you can just tell they grew up in very different parts of New York. (laughs) Yes. And I really, really appreciated Gina's like throwback picture because I feel like that's every college girl. Like, oh my, I feel like you and I need to like, just throw up some throw up pictures. You know, it's uh, so not throw sad. up, throw back. Well, we can throw up too. But you know, what's really sad is I went through this like, okay. So for those of us that are in our mid thirties, when we joined Facebook, it was just colleges and not only just colleges, but like it had to be like a big state school. Like I remember when 
the smaller schools like got accepted onto Facebook and like friends were excited about it. I'm like, oh, Mizzou's had it for a year. You're a loser over at like, you know, your small school in Illinois. But you didn't have to worry about people seeing photos that you didn't want them to see because it was such a small community that had access to it. And then it got opened up to high schoolers. And then our parents started being on Facebook. So I went through this phase where I like deleted a bunch of stuff because I didn't realize I could just make it private. So like half of my like great now college relics of me drunk with people, including you, are nowhere. Like there, I'm sure I could go like into the back, like dark internet and find it, but I deleted a lot of them. I, so I went through my settings and I made it to where it's like only private or like visible to me. Um, I did that eventually, but I had already deleted a bunch. So anyway, I know I think think back. I'll see what I can find. Maybe I have something. (laughs) But I I share that because if anybody else is like in their mid thirties, you remember like when Facebook was just college and it was kind of fun. Like you didn't have to worry about your parents seeing you like you know, hugging a toilet because it was literally just like only your friends at your college. Oh my God. I remember being so pissed when they opened up to the world. I was like, what? It's not know, my sister in college. I felt so elitist. I was like, no way. Like, it was <laughs> Well, so it was pissed. like, it was our thing. Like it was for colleges. And then I remember my sister texting me and being like, oh my God, my like high school just got Facebook and now I can friend you. And I was like, oh, I don't want all these high schoolers because I'm so mature and grown up. <laughs> But yeah, to see it, my drunk photos. <laughs> yeah. And then our parents started joining it and and it all went downhill. And now I get why basically people make fun of those who still use Instagram because they say it's for like older people because it's all of us in our mid 30s because we don't go on Facebook because that's where our parents are. So it's like grandparents on Facebook, parents on Instagram, and the kids are probably just sending Snapchats that delete after 24 hours. But that um, was a little trip down memory lane, um, but back to OC. I just, I really appreciated the episode too. I loved it. I thought, you know, it was light as it's been most of the season, but it was enjoyable. I do love the fact though, that Shannon Storms Bedore tries so hard to compete with like, you don't need to compete with a trip to New York, you know, like just have your fun party, but like not everyone has to get drunk and end up naked in a pool with Archie. Like, I think it's okay to just be like, we're, we're having a low-key night. It's okay to be uh, mediocre, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right word I want to use. But, yeah, that party seemed pretty lame. It seemed also just, like, very forced, like, three people who – or four people who would never, like, hang out with each other outside yeah. of filming the show. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, the epitome of OC right now. But um, that's really all I have to say. Let's jump over to New Jersey where things continue to pick up and heat up. I am still processing what Dolores shared about her relationship with Frank and how she was relieved he cheated because he had such bad anger issues, which I can totally see it. Like, I can see a young Frank being a hothead. And I can also, I mean, they said Dolores, Patterson Dolores was too. So it probably was just the perfect storm of personalities. But it was like, it made me really sad. And I was like, whoa, this is a side into their marriage that like she never shared like we always thought like what what ended it was him cheating, which I think that was what ended it. But it was more that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And it just it made me really sad, I guess, to know that it also wasn't like a happy home just in general. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I feel like isn't it fascinating for as long as Dolores has been on Housewives, like this is the first that we're hearing about this. Like, I think as viewers we crave like information about their lives before housewives or like how they're be kind of sh- what has shaped them and who they are. So yeah, it was, it was uh, 
sad to hear about, but I also, I'm glad that they've worked through that and are in a place where they have an amicable relationship now. I was going to say, I think it just shows how committed Dolores was to like having Frank still be a good father and be in her kids' lives. Cause she could have very easily been like, you cheated, you have anger issues, you know, like there's, I'm sure there's witnesses of him like breaking furniture and some of the things she talked about. Like she could have easily been like, you're done and you're not going to see your kids and you're never like, we're never going to really talk again. But she, I think it shows the side of Dolores that she really is a good mom. And I also think selfless, like she put aside her own like anger and probably hatred towards him for the betterment of her kids. And like, obviously I'm sure there are conversations about Frank working on his anger. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. Like she, I mean, she's just now sharing this. Like Dolores is somebody as a ride or die that you want in your corner, say what you will about her. But like, I would trust that woman with some dark secrets. Oh yeah. Dolores doesn't mess around. Like, yeah, no, she's, she's a true one. She's a real one. Um, can we just backing up a little bit before we kind of go in, um, to a little bit more of Dolores and Jennifer, but Teresa is the epitome of hypocrisy. And I know we say this a lot, but the fact that she, one, doesn't want to see the video and two, I just find that one, I think that's a lie. And I just think it's so hypocritical because had there been a video, let's say about Evan, you know, she would be like running down the hallways about that video. She would have posted it everywhere, reposted it. She, yeah. Oh, for sure. She's, yeah, she's so hypocritical. She's definitely seen the video because if you haven't seen it, then what do you know to be upset about? Yeah. You know, I mean, like she's seen it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, And I also like that conversation with Gia. I felt like it was so hard to watch because I felt like Gia was like in such a tough position because you could tell she basically wanted to say, please slow down. Please don't move in with him. Do not get engaged yet. Like you're moving too fast. But then, you know, she like. It was hard because she's a child. She's happy for her mom. I think she also just doesn't want to piss her mom off. But it just, I don't know. Like, it was really sad because I feel like she was trying to hint at that. And Teresa's like, well, I always said I wouldn't move in unless I was engaged. And, you know, that was something your was important to your grandpa and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, like, listen to your kids. They're trying to tell you they they really just want you to slow down. Yeah, absolutely. They want you to slow down. And, you know, we recently posted um, all the red flags regarding Dirty Louie. And one of them that came out in this episode was the allegation, allegedly, 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 <laughs> um, that he had uh, hit his ex in front of the their kids. children. Yeah, um, we didn't add that one to that. I will say, like, when you look at that, some people are like, well, these are like, this seems like a short list with everything we know about him. There are a lot of bad things out there about him that are still very much alleged. Like his company has been sued numerous times, but he hasn't been found guilty of any of that. So we just put the known stuff. Um, But I, yeah, I agree. Like we say it a lot with Bravo, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And I just have to think with like, all these people are coming out of the woodworks to be like, he has road rage and like punched me after like, you know, I cut him off and knocked my glasses off of him. He bleached, you know, his girlfriend's clothes when she said she was going to move out. He like that someone suffered from such bad narcissistic abuse from him that she like this woman ran 285 miles in a wedding dress to spread awareness about narcissistic abuse. Like, I just don't think these are all like random isolated events. Like there's got to be some truth to some of these. Oh, yes. And, you know, we've been in contact with his exes, um, people associated with Louie. And like Abby said, 
where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, I understand like there's always two sides, but there's so much damning things and evidence against this one person that I, I believe all these women. Um, and they have also just as a tidbit for you guys, before we kind of continue with the episode, but they've also, the exes have bonded based, based on what they've they've received from Louie. They have like a Louie support group. Yeah, Yeah, no, they really are a sisterhood. I actually like, I I don't know how to word it because I don't want to say like out of something so terrible, like something positive could be created, but in a way, like they've all created this like support system for each other. And it's like, they can bond over the fact that this guy, the mental abuse that they had to go through with him. And they all really have like supported each other and finding happiness in whatever way that is, whether that's in another relationship or exploring a new profession. Like, I just think it's really cool um, that these women have bonded together. Um, And Maybe we're a little bit biased because we have been talking to them, but I uh, I noticed this episode that it seemed like a, a couple other people on the cast were picking up on some of the red flags, and we'll dive into that in a little bit. But I also have to say, maybe there's something about the name Jennifer, Jen Shaw, and <laughs> Jen, Jennifer Aiden. They know how to play the victim well. I'm truly feeling sorry for Jen Aiden, even though I know she basically tried to inflict the same type of pain onto Jackie with Evan over something that was a rumor. Um, But I do like when she was sitting there with Dolores and like kind of breaking down, I I did really feel sorry for her. And I think she needs to really work through this because right now she's so focused on like how the community is going to think of her and um, basically was saying how like her mom's going to be mad at Margaret for bringing this up. I'm like, why is no one mad at Bill for screwing around with the pharmaceutical rep? A thousand percent. One thing um, that I would love to get your take, what do you, what did you think about her having that conversation with Gabby on camera? Well, I think I have to wonder if Gabby wants to be on camera more because she seems to be the only kid that really has these like sit downs with her. I think maybe Gabby wants to be like a Gia, um, which you know, what kid doesn't want to start making $50,000 a year um, when they're 18? But um, I, I do believe, I think, Gia, um, that Gabby really, like, wants to be more involved in the show. And that's why she gets some of these, like, you know, screen time. I just thought, I think, I, I don't know. It just made me really sad. I feel like maybe it's something about being the oldest, but it was kind of the same with Gia. Like, sometimes I feel like Gabby has to parent her mom more than she should as a child. And I, again, I just hated that it like seemed like it was all on because of what Margaret said, not because of the dad's actions. Like, and I would love to know more of like, how does Gabby feel now that she knows her dad cheated? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this and and watching that on one hand, I'm like, wow, Jen, you're having this conversation on camera. Like, couldn't this be behind closed doors? But given how their life is out there and it is on camera, it's like, everyone's going to know about this regardless if the Gabby has a conversation or not. So uh, I don't know. It, it was it's hard tough to watch. It's hard. It's hard when kids get involved in parent adult things, I guess that's the easiest yeah. way to say it. And it just, to me, I just, I don't know. I just hope um, they're working through it. I do appreciate from Jennifer's perspective. We've always said Jennifer, maybe a lot of things, but she's an amazing mother for sure. Um, so I appreciate her candidness with her and just being honest instead of like making up a story or being like, daddy went away with another woman. You know, I'm glad, uh, that she's being honest. It's just, I just so hard. Like I've had infidelity in my childhood and it's, 
it's really, really tough to kind of see that side of your parent because you only look you at them perfect. one way. Yeah. You think yeah. they're perfect. Exactly. Yeah. I know. It's so hard. Um, I Okay. So I want to talk more though about the red flags. I You made a note about this and I love to see Tiki Barber is seeing right through it. And I think some of it is, let's be honest, Tiki cheated on his wife. They say it was when she then like, so the story that they're putting out there, the Barbers, is that his wife and Tiki had separated and then she found out she was eight weeks pregnant and he had already kind of engaged in a relationship with Tracy. The truth is, and there's a lot of articles that support this, he actually engaged in kind of an affair a little bit earlier and it wasn't until his wife was eight months, not eight weeks, eight months pregnant that he decided to leave her for Tracy. But I'm wondering if because he's kind of been a little bit of the douchebag himself that he can see that easier in other people. I mean, I laugh like watching Tiki one when they had their guys night and they're like, should we invite Louie? His face was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And then when they got to their gathering, their uh, do dinner, he like made the, you know, he started bringing it up. He's like, Hey, Joe, like, what are you going to do? Like, you got to talk to your, you got to talk to him and yourself. Like this, these are dangerous things. And they are like, these are serious allegations against someone. And I applaud Tiki for saying like, you need to address this. This is someone you care about. They have kids. You got to protect the kids. Like I appreciated that, but let's talk about these real house husbands because They might as well be holding, I know Jersey, they don't hold anything, but let's just say a meatball. Uh, Oh my God. What if they started holding meatballs? That would be amazing. That would be, I mean, it's so stereotypical though. Like it's. No, people would be up in arms. Oh yeah, for sure. But whatever there, if the house husbands, I have a, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of things. Joe Gorga's text saying, fuck you. The group text. It was a joke. It was a joke. I don't believe that it was a joke. I think he was pissed. I love though that he like thought it was funny. Um, I, I mean, this is why we don't need additional cast members on Jersey because the men are the friends of like, that's all we need. It was hilarious to me. And then they actually like start meeting and they start talking to Dr. Aiden and Bill gets up and leaves and Evan's like, go good. <laughs> like get out of here. I like, that was like maybe the best drama of the entire episode. It's, it was very interesting to me. And this is like where it gets very tricky. I saw um, two judgy girls refer to the guys as like the Fox Force Five. Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> I love like, that. I just thought it was so funny. But, you know, like Bill's like getting out of the group. But I, w- I want your take on, so Bill is Bill. He's his own person. Do you think it's fair for the guys to come at him for his wife's actions and then my part two of my question is, do, do you agree with how Bill handled it? So I don't think it's fair only because they've said from the beginning and they've had numerous conversations on camera where they've said, we're not going to get involved in our wives drama. The rest of us are going to remain friends. So, and I think with other things that have been going on, like Bill and Evan were able to be friendly, even when Jen and Jackie were like pissed at each other, you know? So I feel like, it almost doesn't seem fair to me because it's like when any other situation with other things that had been going on, there wasn't this, like there was, there wasn't a a friction in the group. Um, But I think part of it too, is those guys do like to kind of give each other a hard time. And so I kind of feel like Bill overreacted. 
it might have been they might have gone a little harder on him than they had others, but I think a better way to respond was than to like throw a jab back at them. Like that's kind of how those guys all communicate with one another. It's just kind of like this like banter that sometimes goes a little too far. But when he got up and walked away, I think then they were like, okay, well, now we've got him and now he's being dramatic. So we're going to kind of like, I, I think, I don't know. I think that the way he reacted wasn't the best way to react in that situation. And he knows these men. It's not like this is his first season. So that's my hot take on it. Yeah, I, I will say like, I didn't mind the men. I know there's like chatter in the Bravo sphere on whether like, we're giving the men too much attention. Like this is like, if you think about it, someone made a point um, in the commentary regarding this is that we saw more of the guys than we did the women this episode. Um, and do we, are we okay with that? Personally, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's, it's not every episode. It's kind so, of like, yeah. you know what? I'm kind of okay watching men bicker for once. We always see the women like fight over shit. Like I'm here for dudes. Um, fighting and like backing up their wives and whatever. So it doesn't bother me, but um, I just, it's just very fascinating to me. Joe Gorga, he's got to replace Melissa because we know that's, that's why she's still on this damn show. Well, I mean, I think that's some of it too, for some of these men, I think they're like, all right, I got to kick it up because the only reason why Melissa Gorga stayed on the show is because of the drama that Joe brings. It's not Melissa. So maybe some of them are like, look, we like this paycheck and we're gonna we're gonna make sure we keep it. <laughs> I I don't know. I but I, I'm okay with occasionally an episode having more focus on the men than the women, as long as it doesn't become every episode. But I do think they're such a strong part of it. I mean, they truly are like a, collectively they are the friend of. So I they had their one shining moment and I bet the next episode will be all about the women. Um, okay, wait, let's talk about Summer House before we dive into the disappointment of Salt Lake City. I like the, this episode was so chaotic to me in the best way possible. There's like so many random things I want to discuss. Um, the we still pick up with Kyle and his weirdness. I do think it was really nice of Maya to go and talk to him. I know you made a note of that too. That like, I, I think she's the only one that he would actually respect and could relate to. But it still was just so odd to me that he used his birthday as a time to basically tell people they were being a shitty friend. I mean, just to me, like, and I know, you know what? I don't think Kyle's short. I think because all the men on this damn show are so tall. I think he's, what, like 5'10"? And I, I immediately, instinctually, I want to be like little man, man syndrome. Actually, yeah. we have met him, and he's not that tall now that I'm thinking of it. No, I actually think he's, like, I think he's a guy who says he's 5'8", but he's actually, like, I mean, I'm sorry. He's a guy who says he's 5'10", but he's more like, five eight yeah i don't think he was he wasn't that much taller i just me. feel like he's just like puffing his chest yeah as we know with kyle he's so reactionary to everything he reacts first then processes and then like apologizes yeah um, which i know it's, it's like a lot of people do that but it was it's i don't know there's a lot to unpack with this episode what's your other thing um, I just will say as a pregnant person watching just like a oh, big thing of oysters i was just like oh i really miss oysters i don't know if- <laughs> Like anyone else who was out there pregnant when you're watching, like when you watch them have like all the Nobu sushi and then they throw it away, you're like, oh my God, I want that. And I can't have it right now. Oh um, you and I are going to have to get oysters when that Oysters, caviar, out. and sushi. We're going to yes. do it all. Um, okay. I also, like, it just, there are so many random moments. I like, I really would re- describe this episode as just like random chaos. So then it's like, we have everybody like kind of break up from the party. And we go to Craig hanging out with Paige 
And I felt like that conversation was so weird. And I just feel like that that was editing. I don't understand how after that she thought they were in a relationship. Yeah, no, it was, it was like very, you know, I haven't, it's been a minute since I've been in that, that position to like the beginnings of relationship. And it is awkward to be like, when are we like, are we together and are we not? And it's like, she, I feel like likes him so much that she doesn't want to say the wrong thing. But it's like, wait, so we're not going to see anybody else. We like hanging out with each other, but let's not add a title to it. Like, I just, I don't get that. I also think like after that, she was like, oh, I'm not like me and Andrea are nothing. Like, I'm not even going to flirt with him. It wouldn't be fair to Craig. I'm like, based on that conversation I witnessed, you have free reign to like flirt with him all you want. Like, it was just kind of, yeah, it was kind of weird. Because, like, Craig was basically, like, as long as I know that I'm, like, your top guy, that that's all I need. So, like, yeah. basically, like, she could could have kept making out with Andrea if she wanted to. I mean, I don't know. It was just interesting to me. I'm, like, you yeah. guys are basically, like, it's, like, it's like almost, like, two people who are stubborn who don't want to say yeah. it first. Um, I completely agree. So, it was I'm, just, I'm curious to see that progression, but it just, like, made me laugh. I was, like, okay, you guys, like, this makes no sense. But knowing that they end up together, and thankfully, I, it doesn't seem like they go through that like bullshit awkwardness for too much longer. So I'm yeah. glad, but I am too. it was just funny yeah. watching as two married women here who have been well, at it with our husbands for a minute. Yeah. It's just interesting to watch. It's been a while since I've had that conversation. Uh, and then Austin shows up. I'm like, let's just make it even more crazy. <clears throat> I was shocked to find out that actually he told Sierra he would lick her front to back. Yeah, producers, you know, that was an interesting edit there. No, there's a lot to unpack with Austin. He was like fuckboy energy from the minute he walked in the door. He's like, it was all smart. You know, it's so weird. I had a dream with Austin. <laughs> I'm talking about this. Oh, my God. Well, I, I hope not sexual. No, I actually like enjoyed hanging out with it, which is so weird. But like. <laughs> Everything was, I felt like Lindsay was like very like territorial as was Sierra was extremely territorial. You know, she's like, you can't see her. It's like, you can't spend the night. Don't spend the night. Lindsay's like, you can stay in my room. Like it was just so. Well, and dumb. Paige slept with Maya. Cause I think she was like, oh shoot, my bed might be occupied by Austin. Yeah, no, it was just so weird. And Austin, I did want to like slap him in the face for the comment he made to Sierra. Like, like do black people wear sunscreen? Like, Austin, get the fuck out. I like, I, I was like, what the fuck? Anyways, that's that's my Well, thing I like how, because he's like, well, you don't get sunburned. She's like, we can still get skin cancer. Like, I just was like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. That well, I, Yeah, and she continues to make out with this fuck boy. I know. But I just, well, and he played them both, really. Oh, I mean, and he played them both well, because they each one thought they were his, like, priority during that trip. It was just fascinating to me. I also like what I want to know, and maybe we need to ask Lindsay. It's just very interesting to me because this is after Winter House. And yeah. after seeing Winter House, I'm just curious to see, like, I would love to know, and maybe we'll get this at the reunion, is what was Austin's lines of communication with Sierra and then Lindsay? Like, how did they recover from that awkward, I love you, I don't love you, and then I'm hooking up with yeah. Else? I, I, I think this is part of why we saw with the watch what happens live, why Lindsay was there. Cause I think there was a lot of people like, why would Lindsay even go? Like clearly from winter house, he wasn't into her. Obviously after winter house wrapped, he was having different conversations with these women. And 
I think then that was like kind of the final straw for her. Cause from what she said, it sounds like they really still are not talking. So he just, I guess just played them both. I, what annoys me is like, they're both mad at each other. Like they need to realize that Austin sucks. And Maya said this in an interview. She was like, you know, everyone was talking about Austin and then he shows up and she's like, this is the guy. This is the guy everyone's fighting over. This is the guy who like basically is going to end up ruining our summer. Like I love that Maya was like, she just didn't see it either, which was very validating, I think, for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's just so weird because it's like if Lindsay and Sierra took a moment and just talked to each other and been like, wait, ha- what has he been telling you? And then what have you like they could have come together and I know, you know but I think like they're both wives club moment or something with, with they're both Austin. so competitive and I think stubborn because like at one point Sierra did try to talk to Lindsay. But I think it was more like, have you hooked up with him recently? And she's like, no, I haven't. Like, I think it was like they both still kind of want, like, they both want to be his number one, kind of like what Craig said to Paige. And they're both so competitive that, like, they don't want to, like, let up that they're going to give up because they want to win. But, like, they're fighting over the dumbest guy ever. And, like, yeah, they should just have a conversation and be like, he's an asshole. He's been telling us both different things. He's really been feeding information to them to make them not like one another. So it just, yeah, I, he just sucks, but I, I mean, want, he's like playing them well. And yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. I did love though. Paige and Maya's all their snacks that they had in bed. Yes. Like, I, like she's like, Oh, did I lose the peanut butter? I'm like, how do you lose peanut butter in your bed? And I, I, I loved it. I was excited about that. Uh, I also say this was hands down the best theme party. I mean, summer house always has great theme parties and they go all out. It's no surprise to me that hubs went way over the top with just all of like, the decor, the sandwich station, the tequila truck, like it just, it, and everybody, like, that's the thing. Like even Sierra, who doesn't like Lindsay, she like went all in with her costume too. Yeah, no, they really went all out. Um, I learned, it was funny. Uh, Lindsay shared in her Instagram stories that even production, the producers dress up for the, I loved parties. that. I know she showed the pictures. I, um, I really love that. I had no idea they did that. I think that's cool. I think that's cool too. But it was an interesting, and um, we pointed this out, and there's been a lot of chatter about this. Alex was not in the episode, but he was at the party. Uh, Lindsay commented and saying, like, we're all, like, someone's like, can you clear this up? Was Alex there? And she's like, it's still her party. Like, we're going to still see the continuation of her party. Um, so maybe he reappears, he appears then, but it's still weird. I'm just yeah. like, he's too boring for TV. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, and I also think like productions, like realizing like, okay, nobody really likes Alex. So he's we're going to cut Angie treatment from Salt yeah, Lake. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of Salt Lake, uh, I'm just going to say it. I, this reunion has been disappointing to me to people who are out there loving it. Good. I'm glad. I, I, I Well, I, I wish I could. I really do. I am so sick of basically trying to make people besides Mary and Jen Shaw the villains. Like I, I get like Lisa's two-faced, but I also think that's what makes her a great housewife. And like all of this energy and focus on everyone like teaming up to show why Lisa's a bad friend. It's Meredith, it's Jen, it's Heather, it's Whitney. It's Jenny just sitting there. Like, I, I'm just kind of over it. Like we got some of it in part one. Okay. She had her hot mic moment, which, you know, now we know it's because she thought Meredith was talking bad about her home renovation, Oh my God. which it's made me laugh. So petty. It's that is so the, petty. Like if you're going to go tit for tat, then make fun of the fact that like 
she does rent her home and doesn't own it. You don't say she fucked half of New York. Like, girlfriend, you are not like, that's not playing fair. You went from like somebody giving you like a paper cut to like you like decapitating somebody with the what you said in your hot mic moment. Like it was a big, big jump. But I'm just like, okay, are we going to have more of just everybody talking about why Lisa is a terrible friend? Because I, I want to get to the Jen Shaw of it. I wish Mary was there because I feel like honestly, without her there, no one's really wanting to say too much. And I honestly felt extremely uncomfortable that people were reading off text messages they had with somebody who is now deceased. Like the whole Cameron thing to me felt very uncomfortable. I get he came on the show for whatever reason he did. Uh, but I just, I'm like, you know, he passed away very like tragically. He was engaged. He was a young man, had a lot ahead of him. Like just the reading of text messages with him and he's not there to defend himself. I, I don't know. I just made me feel sorry for his family. And I just felt very uncomfortable, like with that whole segment. And you've summed up all my thoughts <laughs> on Salt Lake. I have no other comment other than I'm ready for it to end. Yeah, I know. And let's be honest. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what coach Shaw says. He's not going to say anything incriminating. What's he going to say? Oh, yeah. Hey, feds, I knew the whole time, but you haven't come after me yet. Like, he's going to say he didn't know anything. I don't know if it'll be believable or not. I will say it is impressive that Jen does such a good job of making herself seem like a victim. Like, I do find myself at times sympathizing for her, which I did not do for Erica Jane the entire season of Beverly Hills. And I think it's something to do with the approach, but also to do with the fact that I think a lot of the women are kind of like, okay, well, we're not going to go to the Jen Shaw route. We're going to talk about Mary and Lisa. And somehow Jen owes all these women a fruit basket and production. Like, I don't know how this season wasn't more focused on her other than her arrest episode. Uh, But that, yeah, I'm ready for it to end too. So (laughs) there's your week and bravo. Uh, let's go to our shout outs. Who's your shout out this week? I knew you were going to come to me. And of course, like I'm never, I'm oh, never I have one. Ready. I can go. Go. My shout out this week goes to Emily Simpson. She was on watch what happens live. I'm not, I will say I'm not a huge Emily fan necessarily like personality wise. I think she like is beautiful though. And I don't think she gets enough credit for just like how stunning she is. I think because she's not a twig and everyone focuses on like she's trying to lose weight and have like a flat stomach and all this stuff. I think she's like so gorgeous and deserves more credit for just her beauty, but she was so funny. She like did this game where she had a double fist and she was like drinking on almost everything for a never have I ever. She revealed um, some stuff about Shane that I'm sure as a Mormon, he did not want her to say, which we'll talk about on our Patreon. She just was really playful and it helped. She was with AD Bryant, who I love from SNL and um, so anyway, my shout out goes to Emily because I really just thought she had like a very unexpected, awesome Watch What Happens Live appearance. My shout out goes to the women of Miami. Guys, I will say it again. If you're not watching Miami, what are you doing with your life? You need to start watching. It is so good. Um, a part two of the reunion has come out. I'm like very excited to watch it today. But also we found out this like blew my mind. Julia and Martina Navratilova, like they like (laughs) are the gift, like a Pandora's box, I feel like has been opened with like the randomness that we learned about them. But Brooke Shields was Julia's maid of honor. Um, Brooke Shields was on Watch What Happens Live and she talks about that. So I just find it fascinating. I just think Miami is it. Miami is the moment. Um, and it's worth Peacock, but who knows? I don't know if they're going to pull a like ultimate girls trip and it's going to end up on Bravo in like a couple weeks or something. Who knows? But it is the moment. So if you're not watching Miami, do it. 
I that blew my mind about Brooke Shields too. I agree. It's so like random. I mean, but it's like just another reason. I mean, there's so many weird connections. And I think it just goes to show like Miami. I mean, they're definitely getting another season. I don't think that's even like a question. And it it's definitely worth watching. And I think so there's a part of me that wants to go back and rewatch from the beginning because there is a lot that I just forgot over the years because I wasn't consistently watching. But I think even if you've never watched Miami, you could start with the reboot and you they do enough flashbacks. You'd pick up. You'd figure out Larsa. You'd figure out Marisol. Like, you'd be able to figure it out enough to still really enjoy it. So I agree. Uh, give it a watch. But also, um, give us five stars, too, if you're going to give Miami a watch. We've been getting so many reviews. Thank you guys so much. It really means the world to us. Um, so here's the spiel. You know how it goes. If you have a moment, please subscribe. Hit five stars. If you have 30 seconds, leave us a written review. It really does make a difference. And then if you want to support us beyond just, you know, free support that makes us feel good, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Bravo. And with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah. You will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.